Hello, and welcome back to The Get. I'm your host, Erica Seidel. For many CMOs, presenting to the board ranks right up there with having a root canal. But what if you could take the CMO and board relationship and turn it from fraught to functional, and maybe even to fantastic? This season, we dive into the relationship between CMOs and boards. What does the board really want from a CMO? Which marketing metrics matter most to the board? What are rookie mistakes that new CMOs can make when interacting with a board? Today, we talk about how to upgrade from one-way reporting to a two-way dialogue with the board. Our guest is Kelly Ford Buckley. Kelly's a marketing leader who then became an investment partner and ultimately a general partner with Edison Partners. She's a marketer who's been on several boards, so she's uniquely qualified to talk about this bridge between CMOs and their boards. We discuss how to remove the intimidation factor when working with boards, how to upgrade from a reporting conversation to a strategic conversation, and whether it's your content or your confidence that boards value most. Let's get started. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Your role is cool, and a lot of marketers want to join investment organizations and kind of contribute their skills to a bunch of different companies at once. It's a dream thing as I talk to marketers. So I'm curious, how does a CMO go about getting an operating partner role? And what do you think makes a CMO a good operating partner from your experience? Sure. Yeah. Having worked in both large and growth stage and startup-y companies for 20 years, when this opportunity was presented to me, it was like, what? I just never thought of myself doing anything other than operating inside high growth tech companies. But it was the dream job that I never thought I wanted or that I needed at the time. I was more or less of an experiment here at the firm nine years ago. It was, hey, we're evolving our strategy from venture capital to growth equity. And we think we need more operators and folks who have really been there and worked inside these companies can relate to the management teams, have seen the movie, so to speak. And go to market and sales and marketing acceleration is primary use of proceeds for a growth equity firm. So My background in go-to-market was relevant. I worked inside an Edison company previously, so I knew some of the team. And I also never held a job that anybody's held before me. So the notion of coming in and having another one of those jobs and leverage what I knew, but build something new for a firm that was evolving and growing. So for me, I joined as a partner and with a job description to be defined, but I was essentially the first operating partner here. And we built out what is now the Edison Edge, our value creation platform. But the first focus was building a center of excellence around go-to-market. Now we have five COEs across various disciplines. But the thing that was exciting about it was to actually be able to focus on a portfolio, right? A diverse set of business models and sectors and growth challenges at different stages. And it was all familiar. So I think for those who are interested in such a role, I would say network. Start with your own investors on your board. Ask for intros to their value creation team if they have one. So you can really understand how they work because no two firms are exactly alike in their approach to value creation. If you're looking at this type of role for the next phase of your career as a CMO or, you know, marketing leader, even sales leader, look at the repeatability points in your career in terms of the roles you've had, the sectors you've played in, the business models you've played in, 
the stage of company you've been involved in taking a company from 10 to 50 or 15 to 40 or 50 to 100 million. I'm talking revenue. All of these experiences, if you've seen some movies repeatedly and you have those reps and you can find an investor where their strategy aligns with your experiences, that's where you'll be the most attractive candidate. And I would say the other aspect of it is I was never a consultant, but I was always a maniac about documentation and taking frameworks and adapting them in playbooks, not only because I just like to be organized and I like my team to know, you know, who's on first and the why behind what we're doing and some of the how. As an operator, it also to have your set of assets, your toolbox for whatever it is. Is it planning? Is it campaign briefs? Is it pricing models? Is it your TAM and competitive analysis matrices or what have you? All of these artifacts and assets, if you've got those and you've used them and adapted them from company to company or as a company has developed, these things are golden. Mm. And it's just good business as a leader to have your toolbox in that way. And it's good to develop your team and it's good to communicate with the rest of the organization and frankly, the board as well. If you have your playbooks and your frameworks that are tried and true for you, you know, those are real assets to an investment firm that's investing in in value creation. And I'd say the last piece is just the talent network. If you've been an executive that has always been ABR, always be recruiting, including your networks with recruiters, including your networks with service providers and what have you. If you've got a pretty good network in your ecosystem for the businesses that you've worked in and held these leadership positions, that plugging into a platform or plugging into a no platform firm like I did, it really helps you put those points on the board faster. That's great. Thank you. I just learned a a ton. So that's awesome. Now, in this podcast, we're looking at CMO and board relationships in particular. So can you share a hard-won lesson you've had from working with a board? Maybe it was an early one before you worked with so many, or maybe it was more recent, but any particular experience that you're now on the other side and say, wow, I really learned something. When I was a marketing leader, in my board meetings, Honestly, at the time and even now in in reflecting, I don't recall getting much value personally from the board. And for a while, I thought that was just because the profile of the people around the board, you know, they couldn't relate to me or you know, maybe me to them. And now I look at it and how I like to work with the management teams, with the companies I'm on the board, and I can see where maybe... Uh, it's a two-way street and I where I might have missed something. But I do remember one of the situations that kind of contributed to this in one company where the investor who was on the board, the lead investor at that time, was challenging our go-to-market model. Was We were very enterprise-focused, high-value, long cycles, buying committees, et cetera. And his particular firm had a growing population of portfolio companies that were taking on more of the high velocity, low price point inside sales models and really seeing success. Now, these companies were also more capital intensive and, and they had a product that was easily sold in a high velocity manner. 
And we didn't. Our product was really complex. And we spent so much time in the boardroom talking about how complex our product was. So to have an investor say, hey, you guys should be doing that velocity inside sales thing instead of this big, heavy enterprise field thing. And I'm thinking, has he even been paying attention? Because how could we possibly pivot or expand with the complexity of our solution? So I was pretty dismissive on that. But in hindsight, even if I didn't think it was possible now, maybe where we could have gone over time, once we got the big R&D rocks that were ahead of us out of the way, could I have learned something? Could I have said, oh, hey, interesting. I'd love to talk to some of the marketing leaders in your companies who have made that switch or who have maybe are having tremendous success with it, but also selling to an enterprise segment as well as a mid-market or a small business segment. But instead of leaning into it, I was just sort of wrapped up in my day-to-day of the complexity and the heaviness and the challenges we were facing trying to sell million-dollar deals versus, oh, wait, could you get 50K ARR out of this product if we just approached it in a different way? And that was his point, and he wasn't wrong. But it wasn't something we could have switched on. It would be something maybe we focus on next year. And that's the job of the board to be thinking beyond the quarter and the year and working with the management team to challenge them to be thinking in that way as well. You know, if I had been more open, I might have learned something and I, it maybe could have influenced the trajectory and the strategic shift and evolution of go to market for that company. Mm. Because they're so used to everybody having an opinion like within the company, right? Nobody tells the CFO what to do and how to do their job, but everybody's always telling a marketer how to do their job. So do you think that marketers are then more like hypersensitive to a board member saying, oh, maybe you should do this? Do you think there's an aspect of that? Well, there's a everybody is a marketer, right? You really do need to think about the board like a member of your team. So if you're getting that internally, which every marketing leader does, it shouldn't be so surprising or you don't have to deal with it so differently. And frankly, marketers who don't take the inputs sometimes are short-lived in some organizations, right? There's brilliance that lives inside the four walls of your business and certainly brilliance that sits in your, in your board. So back to my point where I was all closed off, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. But now with some years and maturity and the ability of seeing the other side, it's why should you be taking that sort of everybody is a marketer thing differently from the board than you are productively from within inside your organization? And frankly, a lot of these investors are domain experts. They know your market really well. And even if they've invested in companies that don't compete with yours, they're in adjacent spaces. So it's like getting a market perspective and a customer perspective. So why not take that in? There are blind spots on both sides when it comes to marketing in the boardroom. Say more. What, what are the blind spots? Well, if I start with the board side of it, I've been in boardrooms on both sides. That, that example of the inbound versus the enterprise model, so 10 plus years ago, even more recently, being in a boardroom where inbound marketing was a new thing and everybody should be paying attention to it when you're in an enterprise software company and you need your account based, even before ABM was mm-hmm. a thing, right? And okay, yeah, we could probably make some more investments digitally and do some things that improve our search 
results and drive inbound leads. But if the inbound leads aren't coming from the named accounts that sales and marketing are prioritizing and focused on, didn't you just waste your marketing dollars? So I think that the board had a blind spot on where do- marketing dollars really go and how marketing and sales can be so aligned around a go-to-market strategy versus the leads and the just drive inbound leads. There's this whole inbound marketing movement and there's value in that. But at the time, it was for a certain model and it wasn't necessarily our model. And then to them, it's, oh, territories and account coverage and all of that is a sales thing. No, it's not because marketing, my marketing teams were obsessed with accounts and who the people were on the buying committee and how we were driving engagement with them. So I think some of that was an education that I saw on the board side. But I think with marketing leaders, just like any executive, really, boards can be intimidating for any exec. And I think the board needs to be viewed as just another audience, and but an audience that's actually on your team. Mm. And I think marketing leaders can often be stronger internally than externally and more exposure externally with customers, partners, investors helps build the knowledge, the confidence, the credibility that they also need to be building with the board. So I think sometimes if you're too internally focused, relying on sales for your outside perspective or not getting enough direct customer or outside perspective, you might not be as comfortable or as confident or, you know, I think it's some of those things that remove the intimidation. Mm. Can you crystallize what does a board want from a CMO? They want alignment with the growth plan and with sales. I frankly prefer that sales and marketing co-present. I don't want the marketing department readout and the sales readout. I want the growth plan readout, the growth initiatives. Listen, the board deck goes out two, three days before the board meeting. The slides don't need to be read to us. I mean this for every executive. Like we're reading, we're preparing, we're coming with questions. So that's an opportunity. Create a dialogue. We want data and we want insights. We want to know what you think is working based on the data and what's not working. What are you doing differently next quarter to improve upon what the data is telling you right now? I think that a point of view is what we want, whether it's implied or or explicit or both, ideally both. That shoulder to shoulder with sales is really important. I think from a metric perspective, I think about categories of marketing metrics, coverage and impact and engagement. And impact matters to the board more than anything else. We don't want to know how what the open rate is and the click-through rate of the emails. Please stop bringing that to the board meeting. But if there's an appendix where you're really happy with the campaign you ran and you want to showcase some of the results, how the click-through was X and the pipeline value is now Y, okay, maybe you share that verbally. But nobody wants to go through how all these channels are performing. It's just, what's the impact? Do we build pipeline? Do we accelerate pipeline? By how much? You know, are we expanding customers? How are we going about doing that? Value, volume, velocity, insights. You know, so having a point of view around what you're learning from the, the things you're measuring And I think qualitatively, the board wants to know that you have a finger on what the customers are saying and doing and thinking, right? So 
What are customers telling you? And what are you doing with that information? What are the competitive dynamics when you're sharing insights around what's going on in the pipeline or in your churn challenges? The competitive and customer insights, maybe more qualitative, are a point of view. So I think from marketing, less tactics, like we know events are happening. If you have a big customer event, and you have a summary of what happened at that big customer event. Sure, in that one board meeting, include a slide on that and talk about it. But everything else is just all about the impact of the marketing investment. I like it, whether even if it's unprompted and even ideally if it's not, hearing, listen, this is what's really keeping me up at night. And by next quarter, I'm hoping we're going to fill these roles or be able to move this number. Just be honest and real about what you're going after. But it really has to be kind of an initiative and impact metric and performance level. We trust you got the details under under control and your team is turning dials and looking at all the metrics. Like, how is it rolling up, mapping to ultimately what sales performance is showing us? Can you describe the blend of content versus confidence that you're looking for? Listen. If the company has their AOP, you have your annual operating plan. We talk about AOPs and the Pope, the plan on a page is the, the shared view of what's happening in a given year and what the priorities are, what the measurements of success are, how it's going to happen with the key initiatives. If the board and the management team and the rest of the company are all aligned on that, you now have shared vocabulary. And you have a shared construct for how to communicate. I think the content should be largely the same constructs in every board meeting. Marketing and sales and whatever the growth initiative, however the board deck is structured by, should be the same types of reports, the same slide every board meeting. And you may not cover it. Not everyone's talking every board meeting on the management team, but it's at least in the appendix if it's not on the agenda. So the content should be pretty easy to develop because you have a plan and you have your measurements and you have your key initiatives and you're sharing insights and updates to what data is telling you and what you're doing about it. So I think the content is easy. Can I say it's 50-50? I don't know. I think the content is actually less because you shouldn't be recreating a wheel for every board meeting and trying to tell a story or impress the board. Let's just stay focused and consistent. And by the way, shared vocabulary and shared constructs, this is about efficiency. <laughs> like just, you don't want people looking at slides and not knowing what things mean. And now you're using time in the room answering questions that could have been avoided. Let's have a dialogue. I think the confidence will inspire the right kind of dialogue. The content's too often a crutch. Yeah. And the content goes out two, three days in advance. Board members are going to read and they're going to show up prepared. So give the air cover to the slides, but go in there with a two-way street in mind. It's here's what happened this quarter. Here's what we're doing next quarter. Here's what's on my mind and that I really love the board's perspective on, or I'd really love some help after the board meeting or whatever we need to hire this role and we're not finding the right candidates. We have a new channel launching and none of us has channel experience on the team. Is anybody in your portfolio, board member, investor, 
have a big channel business that I could talk to, right? Ask them for peer activation opportunities. Ask them for a point of view. What have you seen in your companies? It's a downturn, right? We actually just published this report, the do's and don'ts of growth companies during uncertain times. This report is, there's active conversations going on around our portfolio and even the boards around some of this data and what the data told us. And these uncertain times, sales cycles extending, high churn, boards have seen cycles. And they also have a whole portfolio of companies who are going through the same thing. So the management teams should be, if the board members aren't proactively coming at them with, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? CMO should be going into the board meeting saying, what are you seeing? And here's what we're seeing. And is this resonating? How are you thinking about this? And how are you thinking about unit economics in this environment? And are your companies cutting in marketing? How much? Most marketers are like, whoa, don't, you know, I'm holding on to the budget so tight and don't want to let go. Having open conversations about this. But guess what? You might learn something. Your business is going to come out the other side of this being like battle tested for downturns, just as they were in the pandemic. And the board has a, a lot of experience to share. So you have to have the command of your content, but you already had that because you sent the deck up. They, the deck was sent out three days in advance. You did your material. Now show up and make it a valuable two-way dialogue where everybody learns something and you walk out of there not just glad it's over, but actually having some follow-ups to do because the people in the room care and know something and you're going to be better for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. You started talking about something which I think is really interesting, and that's do you interact differently with the board when there is a downturn and when your business is not doing as well? Like Always when we have the up and to the right graphs and everything, those always look great and we're happy to share those. But, but are there other tips for beyond what you've started talking about for what to do when things are not going well? Do you really pivot more into learning mode or is it like, oh, here's sharing all the bad news and all the kind of what we're doing to try to get beyond this? Can you say more about that? Yeah, I think the transparency is really important. You know, you've got your plan and if things aren't going according to plan. The board expects the management team to come in and say, here are the tough decisions we've made. I think engaging outside the boardroom in these times in in a frequency of engagement is important. Knowing if the CMO reaches out to one of the independent directors or the investor on the board and says, listen, there's some softness in our pipeline, our bookings and We're going to come to the board meeting like they won't be surprised. And this shows the management teams aligned and working toward the same goal. They probably talked to the CFO and the CEO about reforecasting. I know you've spoke about the board spoke about this reforecast. We're going to bring it to the next board meeting or the monthly board call. Here are some of the things on my mind in terms of levers to pull in my budget or with my team. And what are you seeing in your portfolio? Or do you have an opinion based on what you've seen? Just Keep the dialogue open. Bad news should travel the fastest Mm -hmm. and the best approach to it is a collaborative one and one where you're getting ahead of it. Mm -hmm. I honestly cannot even think of a situation in my last nine years here where I personally have been surprised. It's always been a dialogue like you have a sense of 
the motion of the business and if things are slowing or not going as well. We have monthly board calls and we have quarterly board meetings. And then there's, you know, some members of the board, if not all, probably have one-on-ones with CEOs. So I think it's the transparency and a showing of commitment that you're just trying to get through it and find the right answer and more points of view from that inner circle, which is what the board is, is better than hiding and trying to figure it out yourself. Yeah. No one expects you to have all the answers. Okay. That's great. We talked a little bit about how you're often involved when the new leadership team is coalescing, you know, to help take a company from, it's probably not point A to point B, but point B to point C or point C to point P or something. How is that different? Can you contrast like the experience of a CMO with a board when they're forming the the leadership team and maybe the board is new people coming in versus an existing board dynamic that hasn't changed for a long time and a new CMO walks into that? The first opportunity is when you're interviewing for that. If the CEO is not saying, hey, an investor or a board member or part of this selection committee, this is the next step in the process for you to speak with them, then you should ask. Like I always asked and it wasn't necessarily offered up. And then you can decide, would you rather, you'll know who the board is because you've done your homework. Do you want to talk to the investor? You want to talk to the chairman or the independent? But that's a really great way to start to build relationship, have a sense of what you're walking into. You can ask questions about the board dynamic in that conversation. What would your expectations of maybe, but, you know, the board or given the plan, you know, that's a real opportunity as a new hire at going through that process to make that connection. And it'll also just feel a little more comfortable when you go into your first board meeting because you've at least met, other than the CEO, at least one other person in the room. So that that helps. I always look to, it's hard to break things mid-cycle, but with a new executive coming in, everybody knows they're going to have a new plan or some something in the plan for the year is going to change if you're in June and you get a new CMO. Like you're working within the plan, but there's going to be new stuff. I think the board will always want to know, what are you doing for the next 30, 60, 90, right? Or what do you think of the current plan? So I think it's a real opportunity for a dialogue. I've always walked into those first meetings with an existing board with my rookie observations. And it's a great way to get a dialogue going. Like, here are the slides, and this is what went on last quarter, and I was here for part of it, but maybe not even all of it. Those are in the appendix. I want my 20 minutes sharing my rookie observations, why I took the job, what I'm observing, here are the opportunities, what do you guys think, am I missing, am I off base? What a great way to start a dialogue. And now you've set the tone for a dialogue that can continue to take place in every other board interaction. Two final questions, because I know we're running out of time. One is, was there something that another board member that did not have a marketing background not know about marketing that surprised you? Like some stunning lack of knowledge on the part of, of somebody else on a board. The inbound versus account-based thing was a big one for sure. I would say in addition to that, there have been times when I, both as a as an operator and even now as an investor, as an operator, co-presented with sales and got a reaction like, when are we covering the marketing stuff? Oh, oh okay. What's, in your view, what's the marketing stuff if it's not directly connected to our funnel and our pipeline and all of these metrics like in the realm of go to market. So that 
I remember that. And then on this side now, I often ask for sales and marketing to present together. And sometimes my co-investor or fellow board member might have that point of view too. What? Why? We want to cover marketing too. It needs, even if you're covering it separately, it needs to hang together. And I think it's all over the place with these board members experience, especially with these kind of fluid, high growth, a lot of change fast in, in this stage of investments. So it's it's interesting where everybody's mindset is relative to marketing. I think this is all the more reason why there needs to be engagement outside the boardroom. The CEO needs to be super okay with it and encourage it. And it's up to the executive to be proactive with a board member and know what's on their mind. And you're going to have your standard stuff that you talk about every quarter or you put in the deck. But how do you make that a two-way dialogue and in a, a more strategic conversation rather than a reporting conversation? Well, let me just ask you one thing. Is there any one final piece of advice that you wanted to underscore here? You've offered a ton of great insight. Was there anything, one thing to really highlight? I think it's a really important mindset to have that that board time is for you as much as it is for the board members. Make it a goal to share a point of view and gain a point of view in that board meeting because it is a two-way street and there is value you can gain from the board that you may not be thinking about and they want to help. They don't want to sit there and be presented to. (laughs) Sometimes it just happens, but it's your time. It's their time in the interest of doing the right thing for the company. And it's about a dialogue, a two-way dialogue. Thank you so much, Kelly. This has been great having you on the show. So Kelly Ford Buckley from Edison Partners, thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom. Thank you. That was Kelly Ford Buckley from Edison Partners. Now that you've heard from her, think specifically about what things you can do to upgrade from a one-way reporting conversation to a two-way dialogue with your board. Next time on The Get, you'll hear from a veteran CEO and board member. His name is Chris Fountain. He's a friend of mine, and he's an operating partner with Frontier Growth. He's going to discuss what the board expects from a marketing leader and how marketing can provide a heads-up display on future growth for the business. Don't miss it. Thanks for listening to The Get. I'm your host, Erica Seidel. The Get is here to drive smart decisions around recruiting and leadership in B2B SaaS marketing. We explore the trends, tribulations, and triumphs of today's top marketing leaders in B2B SaaS. If you liked this episode, please share it. For more about The Get, visit thegetpodcast.com. To learn more about my executive search practice, which focuses on recruiting the make money marketing leaders rather than the make it pretty ones, follow me on LinkedIn or visit theconnectivegood.com. The Get is produced by Evo Terra of Simpler Media Productions.